0: Today we talk about that mission, what it is. Now these two disciples were on a mission of their own. This was, this was Easter morning. They had just received news that they couldn't yet comprehend. They had encountered all this trauma from the past week and their mission was to protect themselves, right? Because if, if the religious rulers did these things to Jesus, what would they do to them? And so they're fleeing Jerusalem, going to the safety of Emmaus. That's their mission. But God is about to interrupt their life and bring them to a new mission. Now, over 100 years ago, God brought an amazing and incredible group of people to this place to, uh, to experience an, uh, an abundant life in a promising but totally undeveloped new land. Now, as a place to be continually renewed and refreshed by the Spirit of God, they established St. Lucas the Evangelizer Lutheran Church. And today we come to the very same place here at St. Luke's to find life and purpose in the waters of our baptism among a community that is parched and dry. People stumble through this wilderness of life with all its busyness and uncertainty and they dismiss Jesus as a solution to their thirst. Many followers of Jesus, like ourselves, have perhaps grown content soaking in the shallows of either the sanctuary or or here, as if just simply coming to church is what being a Christian is all about. And the result of that leaves our community dry and disconnected. But I want you to know that the tides are changing. Over the next seven years, St. Luke's will continue this Jesus adventure with an undersea deep water voyage. we will plunge into the deepness of God's life for us, be soaked by the Holy Spirit, and explore and experience a life that is overflowing with authentic relationships with each other and transforming relationships with God. We envision an entire community coming alive to the beauty of life in Christ. But we need a mission to get there, And here it is, awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. Awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. This week we talk about the first part of that, awakening hearts. What does it mean to have your heart wakened up to a new life that God has for you? Well, first I think we need to acknowledge the fact that sometimes we fall asleep, right? We hear in, in this text, Luke says that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. God himself was the one who closed their eyes in that moment so that they would not see who Jesus really was. But it's not God who keeps us from recognizing Jesus. What are the things in our life that get in our way of seeing him each and every moment of each and every day with us? Busyness, distractions. Perhaps doing so many good things that we miss out on doing the really focused, great things that God has for us. Doubts and fears that we have, shame and guilt that we carry. These things threaten to erode our faith. Or maybe we just, we look at salvation as being that thing that we know someday we'll need, but that's not someday today. But today we've got pretty good handle on life. We're doing pretty good. We've got a good thing going. Let's not rock the boat. When the time gets closer, then I'll have a little bit more urgency. It's a long ways off. There's plenty of time to get serious. I think there's plenty of followers of Jesus who need to have our eyes opened and our hearts awakened. Maybe it's the lukewarm pew sitter or chairs in our case. Or it's those who who have experienced salvation but aren't yet truly, completely sold out for the mission of Jesus. Or the person who longs desperately to have a deeper relationship with God, but there's something in the way. There's some sin, there's some element that is keeping you from plunging into the deep water with God. Maybe it's the equivalent of the believing disciples before the time of Pentecost. When they they had faith in Jesus, they followed after him, they believed, but they were still hiding in place until the Holy Spirit comes upon them and now their hearts are wakened up and they know exactly where and what they're supposed to do. They still believed before, but after Pentecost, they have this spirit-empowered life that compulsively goes out and shares the gospel. And waking up is a daily process. I wake up every morning and and some, I'm not a morning person, there's some mornings I wake up and I can't push snooze enough times. Today was two and I almost did for three and I remembered, oh, this is the day I've been looking forward to. Now some days I, I, I barely roll out of bed and some days I spring out of bed ready to meet the day, and most days it's somewhere, somewhere in between. But we wake up each and every day. It's a daily process, like how we daily remember our baptisms and daily call God to wake us up and to live the life and live the day and live the mission that he has called us to be on. It's intentional. You do it every single day. And it is God who does the waking up, right? We can't wake ourselves up, but he rouses us from our slumber and moves us into action. Jesus is the one who calls us awake. Jesus says to them as they're walking, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Jesus asks questions. As he comes together and walks with people, he has a deep Hunger and curiosity to know exactly where the hearts of his people are. Think about that. Jesus hungers to know exactly where your heart is. He wants you to have a transparent relationship with him. He he already knows, but he wants you to confess it and share it. When you're doing amazing, be amazing. When you're struggling, let him know you're struggling. Just be real with God. He longs for that. Now, we are called to be genuinely curious about one another. And we don't have Jesus' power of knowing the heart and mind of those people right in front of us, and so we have to ask. And a part of walking with people is having and expressing a deep concern for where they are, a curiosity. And this can't be more important than for those who are, who are loved ones who are close to you. Just because you know somebody for a long time doesn't mean that you know where their heart is. But to ask and to dig in and to walk with. Now their faces, it says, were sad, which is... A really poor translation is more of like they were, they were heartbroken, they were, they were downcast, they were, they were thinking about all of the trauma and tragedy that they had just seen. This guy knows none of it, at least he doesn't seem like it, and their hearts are broken. Jesus had not only just experienced the, the horrible crucifixion, but they have their own fears for their safety as well. But I think there's beauty in that, because there's oftentimes in those moments of tragedy and trauma that God plants seeds of incredible opportunities for growth, incredible opportunities for total transformation. And those are beautiful moments. I I often tell addicts who I, I counsel that they're in a very good place as soon as they hit bottom. When they seem like they've lost everything and nothing is how it's supposed to be. I let them know you are exactly where God wants you to be. Because you are ready to see him work powerfully in your life. Sometimes God opens up our hearts and we see things and understand things in a different way. I had that opportunity about a year ago. I was, I was driving my daughter to school. And, and her and I are, are very different people. And and I know what what it takes to to grow up to be like me. I know what it takes to to grow up and, and get decent grades and and to, uh, to 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 be able to go where you want to go for school and do what you want to do for the rest of your life. I know the track how to get there, and so I've been spending the last at that time 15 years trying to make my daughter, me. And that god opened my heart go, opened my ability to see and understand that and i was driving and we pulled over and i, I said faith i owe you an apology I said, why i said because i've been raising you the last 15 years to be me and i've failed you at helping you discover who god has uniquely made you to be her comment back was that took long enough but thank you. Sometimes when our hearts are awake, we see and understand things in a different way. It's been my prayer for you the last several months as we've been praying through this process that God would do that with you, that he would wake your heart up, that you would maybe see your faith, your role in his church in a new and fresh way. And not just a way that just adds something to your life. That is not what I want God to do with you. I don't want God to give you just one more thing to do. I want God to give you everything that you are to do. I want him to change who you are each and every day. To reshape you, remold you more and more into the image and likeness of Christ. And then share with you that gospel-centered great commission to go and make disciples. That's what I want. That's my prayer for you. that you would be changed by him and Jesus he relishes this that it's not something that just happens it's a journey and he joins you on the journey followers of Jesus initially were called the way right it was a process it was a walking it was a journey and Jesus loves this journey of transformation and that's why he doesn't reveal himself right away to these two. He's letting it process inside of them as they journey, as they walk and the revelation slowly unfolds until the great big revelation as they sit down to eat and he breaks bread and all of a sudden they see and they know. And he does this. This is this is this is the cool journey that he takes on them. He's like, "All right, guys, what's this conversation you're having?" That's happening here, and he hears their hearts and he knows where they are. And then he starts to teach on this journey. And as he's teaching, their hearts are burning. And he's teaching them, he's teaching them about remember, I shared with you that the Messiah had to suffer and to die. And then he's sharing with them, you, you need to remember, all of the Old Testament prophets were writing about me. Everything that has happened when I broke bread with you at Passover. And I said, take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood. My presence with you. And he's teaching these things and they're thinking and processing. I love a good mystery movie. I love mystery movies. My only problem with mystery movies is that after I watch them more than once, I already know the end of the story. But I love, the, I love the scene where the detective or the investigator starts laying out all of the pieces of evidence, all of the clues that he's found, all of the reasons why he knows who the guilty party is. And then there's the grand revelation of what has just happened. That's what Jesus is doing here, right? He's setting them up. He's, he's, the, he's the great investigator laying out all the clues, all the evidence that lets him know exactly who is who. And he says, remember the suffering and dying part. Remember the Old Testament. Remember Remember when I broke bread with you. And then there's the great revelation as they sit down, and he breaks the bread and he gives it to them, and their eyes are open. And they get it. Their hearts opened up, and they understood that this resurrection thing changes everything. You know, this meal that happens in Emmaus is a very important meal that sometimes I think gets overlooked. But it's a great reversal of the very first meal ever recorded. If we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, when we have the fall, this, this meal that changes everything from creation that was very good to very broken and fallen. As Eve takes a bite of the apple, shares it with her husband, and Adam takes and eats. And this meal separates mankind from God from the very presence of God, they are banished. And humanity, we've been struggling ever since, desperate for that presence of God and looking for it in all the wrong places until this moment when Jesus says, take and eat, this is my body, this is my blood. I am present with you again through this meal. Because of the resurrection, it changed everything. This meal, now brings you back into my presence. And then they said to each other, after Jesus disappeared, didn't our hearts burn within us while we talked with him on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. This is, this is heartburn, this is holy heartburn that burned inside them. Hearts that are awakened by God burn with an intensity of Holy Spirit fire, just like Pentecost, only instead of on our heads, it's in our hearts, it burns with intensity. This meal at Emmaus was was a first meal of a new era for Christianity. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn? I would love that question to be shared among you. To have your hearts burn with the word of God inside you, with a fire that cannot be quenched, that desires to reach more. That we are awake. But not just awake to be awake. We are awake for a mission. To awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ, right? We know the mission of the church. The mission of the church is in Matthew's gospel at the very end, we call it the Great Commission, right? And the Great Commission, the purpose, the reason why we are who we are is to go to church. That's not the Great Commission, folks. God's burning desire is not that you go to church. God wants you to come to church, receive his gifts, receive his word, receive the spirit so that you can go and make disciples. That's the purpose of the church. That is why we are here today. If you are here today to just mark the box, check the box, yes, God, aren't you happy with me? I dressed up nice and I came to see you. That is not Jesus' purpose for you. Go and make disciples. And we get an amazing picture of what that looks like in this walk to Emmaus. Jesus, uh, in, in addition to our great Savior, is a great example too in how he comes alongside people and walks with them. Listen curiously to those around you. Who is it in your life this week that you need to have a conversation with? And before you enter that conversation with all the answers, come at that conversation with pure curiosity to know where they are, to know who they are, to know where they're hurting. Because it's only when you know the heart of somebody, even the sleeping heart of somebody, that you know how to apply God's word and love to them. And watch the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. It is the Spirit of God who wakes us up from the inside out. How we are uniquely called to do this. To be like Jesus. To share the life change of the transformation of the resurrection with the world. Awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. This week is just the very beginning. Awakening hearts. Next week we talk about every generation, and how that impacts you, and why that's important. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would pour out on each and every one of us today, that your Holy Spirit would wake our hearts up, that we would be called to service, not just called to worship, but called to live every day on fire for you. Wake our hearts up, God. Allow us to see and know exactly who you would have us connect with. Give us the the patience to walk with people right where they are, right as they are. Father, we ask that you would do this in Jesus' holy name, amen.